Welcome to church. It's, uh, it's good to see all your faces and welcome to those that are, that are visiting. It's new here. They haven't been new, um, here before. Just uh, incline your ear to what the Lord has to say to you this morning and just say, pray to God and say, Father God, open my heart this morning. There's something that you want to share with me. There's something that you want to, want to implant or transpose into my spirit this morning. There's something that I need to hear. Father God, open my ears to it in Jesus' mighty name. That, that should be your prayer. I hope that that's your prayer this morning because if that's your prayer, if that's in your heart, right, your heart's going to be open and the Holy Spirit is going to be allowed to minister in that space this morning. Are we excited for church this morning? Yes, and we're excited for what God is going gonna, is gonna to do and is going to uh, uh, um, say to us this morning. You know, I was, I was yesterday, um, I was at the shop yesterday, and uh, I'm always thinking about how, how, you know, life's going and, and things are carrying on, and um, we're getting older, you know, I'm getting older at least, you know, and I felt a bit of that this week. I was at Pack and Save. I was supposed to buy uh, some stuff for a chicken that we were preparing. So it's called, in uh, um, South African culture, it's called a beer chicken. So what you do is you buy a single can of beer and you put it upright and you take this chicken and you put it over the can of beer, right? The can's open, obviously. And then you put this, so the chicken is standing upright. It's all spiced like you would normally, but it's standing suspended over this can of beer and you pop it right into the oven on 180 degrees for an hour and 15 minutes, right? And it's simply lovely. But what I was encountered with as I was going to buy this singular can of beer at Pack and Save, I thought, well, I'm gonna get there and they're gonna have to ask me for my identification to prove that I'm allowed to, uh, you know, to buy this can of beer. And as I was, as I was going to the self-checkout tills, there were two young uh, uh, teenagers there and they were being checked at the moment. I thought, oh, yes, I'll get my license ready. And I, uh, I, I scanned, you know, if you scan at the till, the till blocks you, it says authorization, authorization required. And the gentleman moved away, far away, and I, and I put up my hand and I said, hey, uh, can, you, can you come and help me here, you know, like almost ready to take my license out of my wallet. And he just said, yeah, you're all good. And he opened it from all the way there. He could see my age, and I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, he doesn't want to check me. He can see from a mile away, you know. And uh, I was like kind of reminded about how things move along and uh, you know, it's, uh, it's tough, isn't it? But God is good, and it's wonderful to serve Him. And even though, even though things change, and we're going through different stuff in life, and we have to face some, some things that God is there for us in that moment, and in that time, in that window span, if we allow Him to be. It's probably one of the most important things. A lot of times, we don't allow God to walk the road out with us. Because I can do it myself, Lord. I don't need you in this space. I, I can do this. I'm strong enough to do this on my own. But God's like, allow me in that space. I want to carry you. I want to be there for you. So allow him in that space. This morning, the message is titled, Into His Eyes, talking about Jesus. And we're going to read from Matthew chapter 14. So if you're going to read with, uh, um, with me this morning in your Bible, you're going to page to uh, chapter 14 in the book Matthew. And I'm going to start to read from verse 23. Um, and onwards, all the way to verse 34. 20 years ago, I would have heard 100 Bible pages page now <laughs> in church. But now everybody is on their phone and reading the Bible digitally or hoping that it's going to pop on the screen. It might not. Let's read. 
And after he had dismissed the multitude, this is Jesus, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. When it was evening, he was still there alone. But the boat by this time um, was out on the sea, many furlongs um, distant from the land, beaten and tossed by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch, it was about three to six o'clock in the morning of the night, Jesus came to them walking on the sea. So the disciples was in a boat, all right, quite a way out to sea, and, and Jesus came walking along on the water. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it is a ghost, and they screamed out with fright. But instantly he spoke to them saying, take courage, I am. Stop being afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and he walked on the water and he came towards Jesus. But when he perceived and he felt the strong wind, he was frightened and he began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Instantly, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him, and he held him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat knelt down, and they worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. And when they had crossed over to the other side, they went ashore to Gennesaret. So we read, and the disciples are out on the, la- on the sea, out on the boat, and man, the wind was against them. The waves was beating down on that boat, right? And this is this picture of doing it by yourself. Do not try and do it by yourselves. Even um, in obedience to God, the storms are still going to come. If you, if you remind yourselves earlier in that ch- chapter, Jesus told the disciples, go on ahead of me. They were being obedient to Christ and they were caught up in this massive storm and the wind was against them and they were really struggling, but they were in obedience at that point of time. So even if we are obedient, we can still expect that some resistance is going to come, that the wind might be against you, that the waves is going to batten down on that boat of yours. It doesn't mean because you are being obedient and Jesus told you to do it and you're dead sure of it, that it's not going to be tough. Do not try and do it by yourselves. You see, the presence of storms does not indicate the absence of God. How quick are we to think that if something is going on in our lives and if there's this massive storm plaguing my life, God is not here. I must be doing something wrong. But no, those disciples were out on Jesus' orders. They left because he told them. But the wind was against them. We forget Satan is the ruler of this natural world. And he uses these things against us. But the presence of that storm does not indicate the absence of God. They were even more afraid when they saw Jesus. They could not accept that miracle. And they doubted the presence of God in their storm. Is God maybe in the midst of your storm? 
and all you're saying is it cannot be, it must be a ghost. God has forsaken me, he's not here. Are you reacting like the disciples, not accepting the fact that God is with you even in the midst of it? It's a ghost holding on to your fear rather than to God and to his word. Take courage, Jesus says. This morning, I want to say to everybody here that's facing some big things or that's in their storm, that the wind is blowing and howling through your life, that the waves are battling down on that ship, that you feel at any time it might sink and it might break. When the fear has gripped your very soul, I want to say, take courage. I am, says Jesus. Stop being afraid. Man, and they say Jesus never said that he was God. I am. In Exodus chapter 3, 14, we read, and God said to Moses, I am who I am and what I am. I will be what I will be. And he said, you shall say this to the Israelites, I am has sent me, to, has sent you to, to them. Jesus said loud and clear that he was God. And he said, I am. Stop being afraid. Why I am in the moment of fear? Well, it's the same way that we start the Lord's Prayer. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus was telling those disciples that even though you are fear in your hearts, that the wind is howling down, that you are struggling and you think you might not make it, you think you might die, he's saying that I am is here. He's saying that that's what you do. This is how you pray. You give me honor in the midst of that, that storm. You come to me and you say, hallowed be thy name. I had to do that a couple times this week. When things were getting rough and I was feeling, man, this heart of mine is getting heavy, it's getting out of control. I just have to stop and say, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Our, the, the wind that blows our fears, right, that sets even more fear into us is when things are not going the way we think it should go. But when you relinquish that fact and you know I am is with you, you say, Lord, not my will, but your will. And even though this might not look like the way that I want it to look like, your will be done, Father God. Hallowed be thy name. You see, in order to know the next step, you have to keep your eyes on Jesus. It's our eyes directed at Jesus that stirs our faith. It's our eyes directed at Jesus that makes the next step apparent, that illuminates the answer, that solidifies the water, that produces faith and bends the natural laws of this world for us. When Peter took the step out of that boat, the storm was still raging. The wind was still going. The waves were still going. The boat was rocking. But he took that step in the midst of all of that going on. 
Are you standing still because of your storm? Are you stuck, immobilized because of fear, because of your belief that God's not there? Are you stuck? Those with him in the boat were still fearful. They were still trying to be convinced and believe that God was in their midst. Are those with you fearful? Do they have a lack of faith? And it keeps you immobilized. I want to challenge you that we cannot wait for the storm to pass to take the next step. You have to take the step. You can't wait for everything to calm down and everything be perfect to take the next step. Is that all right, church? Are you all right? When Peter perceived and felt the strong wind, he was afraid. Hey man, Peter stepped out on that boat. He was walking towards Jesus because his eyes were looking right into the master's eyes. He was focused on the right spot. But what changed? Why did he sink? Because he perceived and he felt the strong wind. He focused on the natural around him, on the natural elements around him. When he regarded the strong wind, when he focused on it, when he felt it, he let his emotions rule instead of faith. And he began to sink. Fear is what brings about the sinking. Mental instability lies in the sinking. Hopelessness lies in the sinking. Fear of drowning lies in the sinking. Just keep your head above the waterline. It all lies in the sinking. Barely coping (laughs) lies in the sinking. But I want to encourage you this morning that you are not alone. I am is with you out on that water. And he's standing there ever ready to to reach out his hand. But he needs you to cry out. He's not going to overstep those boundaries that he's set of your free will. He will never trample on your free will. He is too great of a gentleman, and it would not be free. That is probably the most marvelous thing of this creation, is the fact that we serve a God that gave us the ability to choose for him or against him. Isn't that marvelous? The power of free will. And he would not step in unless you ask him to do it in that moment. But you see, you're not alone. Jesus stands on the water by yourself. Jesus, help! The master will reach out and grab you by the hand. He will take you back to safety and he'll calm that storm. Even though your faith has failed and even though you allowed that fear into your heart, he is so gracious and so loving. So don't put that condemnation on your heart and saying, hey, Will, you know, I think I might have failed a bit rough. Failed. I didn't handle that as, as well as I could listening to your message this morning. I want to encourage you that that's okay. God knows. But it matters that you scream out to him and say, Jesus, help. And he's going to reach out and he's going to pull you up. Let's move from fear into worship. 
As soon as Jesus stepped on the boat, those disciples started worshiping him. And it's a clear lesson that I take from Scripture to us, what we are supposed to do when we have fear that's gripping our hearts. Worship Him. Hallowed be Thy name. I know that You've got it all in control. I will do what I can do with what I have that's within my realm of control. But everything beyond that, that's up to You, God. I can't worry about that. I can't set my things, my mind on the things that's beyond my control. That's yours, Lord. And that's what it means to surrender that to God. That's what it means to say, God, I'm laying this down at your feet. And you're gonna have to do it continually. I've been laying things down at God's feet this week continually. Pick it back up, I start worrying about it again. I start freaking out, my heart gets all, you know, mushy and fearful and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Hallowed be thy name. I am is in control. I am is in the storm with me. And I lay it down at your feet, Father God, and I, I don't want to focus on it. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4, 3, and 5 talks about taking our thoughts captive. And submitting it to the will of Christ. Don't let your thoughts pull you down. Don't let your, your, your thoughts be the, 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 the weight around your ankles, pulling you deeper into the ocean. Mental instability lies in the sinking. If you are fearful, run to the Almighty God and trade that fear for faith. Hide under the shadow of His wings and let Him cover you. He's not going to just do it. You have to invite Him. Make your tent with Him. In Psalms, uh, the writer of Psalms speaks about making your tent with God. Crawling under the shadow of His wings. Talking about active pursuit of the Master in time of trouble. Making your tent with God in praise and worship. Saying, God, I don't feel like it. My emotions is not supporting this decision, but I choose to come to you now. I choose to put on a bit of music if that's what you do. I choose to just get separate from the world and my circumstances and just get closer to you. I choose to get under your wings and under your cover, Lord. And I make my tent with you. I stay there. Keep him in your midst. He's always there. Thank you, Jesus. And God's speaking to a a couple of hearts in the room that's heavy this morning. And God's saying, I'm there. Give me a shout. I want to pull you out. Maybe you're saying, Lord, this is the same process over and over and over and over. I've been here. I've circled back to this very spot, Lord. And God's like, my grace is sufficient for you. 
shout out. Get connected to the body of Christ. We're not meant to go about this on our own. Get connected and stay connected. Great step being in church, but you gotta be connected outside of that as well. Father God, I pray for each and every person in heart and mind in this room. I pray that you speak and minister to them, Lord, in Jesus' name. I pray that you stir their hearts, Lord, if the band could come, please. I pray that you stir their hearts, Lord Jesus. I pray that you talk to their minds and their spirit, Father God, and, and, and just be their counselor in the moment, Lord.